Welcome to the Weekly Review. This is Roman. It's Friday. It is September, the month of September in 2017. It's September 22nd, to be precise, so folks go back and listen. That is the day that this is. It was out last week. Uh, thank you to Pam for, for stepping in and sharing some information. We played a podcast from It's Going Down, as well as going over some oral history uh, from September 11th. So today on the show, we will be speaking with and hearing from folks, mostly be doing the listening on this end, uh, hearing from folks in St. Louis. Uh, I'm grateful for that folks will be able to call in. There have been protests there the past week. There have been protests everywhere on this planet to, if we're going to be real, just talking about what's actually happening. Uh, yet another person was murdered by the police, and the police were not found guilty. So there were many protests. Many people were arrested. The police were at their finest, harassing and assaulting people, throwing, you know, using pepper spray, using their weapons of choice. <sighs> Just disgusting behavior. That if you're, I've been listening to the show. It, this is not anything new that uh, we talk about here, and would encourage other media outlets to really question the narrative that's put forth by law enforcement and the powers that be. I often feel that the world that we live in, or at least my experience of the world, I can only speak for myself, it feels backwards in a lot of ways. And the narrative that we hear from the media, from law enforcement, from politicians, blames the people, it blames the victims. It blames people for speaking their truth, for just existing. And when we question them, then they, they turn it on us and they want us to look bad and they try to silence us. <sighs> thinking about particular politicians, there's a lot I'm pretty, pretty angry at. And I'm thinking about people who are speaking up, and the people who are speaking up and the people who are doing the good work are the ones who are labeled as, I don't even want to use the terms that people are labeled as, because it's just so outrageous. Yet there are 
elected, and I should, I know we're on the radio, so you, you don't see my air quotes, but elected officials who are trying to take away people's health care. You have these people. You also have law enforcement who are murdering people. Yet uh, the folks who stand up against it, we're, we're called, we're the ones called terrorists. That's, that's, the, that's the narrative that we're hearing. And that's the narrative that's been in this country for a long time. Anyone who speaks up about the injustice, somehow we're, we're the wrong, we're the ones who are wrong. We're the ones who are dangerous. Yet it's people in positions of power who are the ones who are dangerous. They're the ones with the body count. <sighs> so I start off the show playing some positive music. And I know the show, Trigger Morning, uh, this is a news and current events program. And if we're talking about what's happening in the world, there's so many problematic and horrible things of that people are doing to each other. And the theme of the show, since the beginning in 2013, has been that the people in positions of power are the ones causing the problems for the most part. They're the ones causing the havoc and the pain. And the rest of us end up fighting amongst ourselves and doing what we can to speak the truth and just to survive. Because even, even fighting back sometimes, all you can do is just survive. And even that can be a revolutionary act. In a world that doesn't want you to exist or doesn't believe you can exist, what does it mean to tell the truth and just to show up? So I'm grateful for all the folks who have been able to show up in any way they're able, for folks who do what they can to help, even if you can't be there in person. There's a lot of ways. There's a saying, you know, diversity of tactics, and there's a lot of tactics that folks have been using for a while to to be seen and to fight back against the, the systems that are in place to keep that are made to kind of keep us in place. You know, there's a saying that the system isn't broken, it's working as it's designed to. And that's to incarcerate millions of people and separate people from their families. And then we can go into fucking ICE agents. I went on a rant against them a while ago and that will continue. It's fucking arresting people, separating families. It's, it's, it's cruel. I mean, it's the people who have the power are the ones causing the harm. And... gonna take a breath it's infuriating and what also is infuriating is that when we do speak up about this there are the folks who try to silence us or say oh we're overreacting or victim blame oh they deserved it which is fucking bullshit you know the, the, the you know they're called bootlickers the folks who they they approve of authority no matter what authority is doing but then when authority comes to get them there's going to be no one left to defend them such as the case, well, there was this one fellow in, in St. Louis who owned a pizzeria, and he used to feed the cops for free. And my whole thing about this is uh, if, you have, if you're able to give food away for free, why not give it to homeless folks and folks or unhoused folks or folks who are hungry um, instead of folks who maybe may be making six figures? Like even taking away the, the, the job of police officers, if you're making six figures, if you're well-to-do, well uh, you could probably afford your own pizza, but not everyone can. So I don't know. I'm not a business owner. I can't speak for what I would do, but I would hopefully, I hope if I owned a food business, I would just give away food if I was able to. That would be why I would want to do it. Anyway, so long story short, the cops fucked him and threw like pepper spray at him and like terrified his customers. And so now he's like, I am never going to feed the cops again. And it's, you know, it's sometimes it takes that much for someone. It's, it's like people won't stand up until it actually affects them directly or affects their friends or family. And for a lot of us, it has been affecting our friends and family for I keep on saying a long time, and that, that's it's that almost doesn't do it justice because it has been for so long. It's been since before any of us got here. 
when I hear about actual history and what's what's happened, it seems like it's it's been going on for quite a while. So I did want to um, gratitude for the folks who um, Clay and Alan um, and many other folks who have recommended some music. Excuse me, that we play. Um, we'll be also getting to some more requests. The idea was just uh, for uplifting songs that also talk about solidarity. And there are a lot of them out there. I'm grateful for all the folks who have posted. I don't think we'll be able to get to all of them this week. Um, however, I will try. I will listen to them all. And I have listened to many of them so far. And it's really good. And it's also important for us to remember that we're not alone. And musicians have this beautiful ability to really uh, just to create this, that, that notion that we are not alone in a way that uh, many of us, uh, it's, it's hard to do with, with, one can do it in many art forms. I don't want to, music is great. That's the, that's the point I was trying to make there. So the, the first song I hadn't heard before, and that was by a band called Blackfire, um, and they're an indigenous band, and that song was called How Can We Confess? And the song after that was a song I'm sure many folks um, are familiar with, and that was um, from Sweet Honey in the Rock. And, ah, oh, yes, just good, good to hear. And that was, uh, ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. So we'll be playing some songs throughout the, the show. And then also after we speak with folks from St. Louis, we're also going to hear about ways you can prevent yourself from being doxxed, um, or precautions that one can take and then what to do when that happens. Because, ugh, yeah, there's a lot of stories we're going to get to. So fucking ding-dongs and I'm being this is an uncensored show so of course I can swear as much as I want however I'm running out of expletives to use for these white supremacist fuckheads uh, David Horowitz who he was raised this like nice Jewish boy by you know with communist parents um, and somehow he's turned into this like totally right-wing scary fucking ridiculous person who is terror who is he's the one who's terrorizing people and they've put up flyers around Berkeley calling for all teachers and professors and students there who oppose white nationalists, they're calling them the terrorists. And so many people have been targeted, teachers have been doxxed, and so there's yet another, so there's a rally happening um, in Berkeley, there's two rallies happening, one on Saturday and one on Monday against white supremacy to confront them again. And this thing is, we had these rallies a few weeks ago, like it's, it's ongoing, there are these nonstop, these fascists keep coming into town, and of course, yes, many of them already have lived here, um, they keep on returning and trying to cause trouble. And when we sp stand up against them, then we're the ones who look bad because there's, there's still, still that fucked up argument about, uh, about what people consider free speech. Um, someone's trying to fucking kill me. That should not be protected. That's, it should be common sense. And for a lot of us, it is common sense. Yeah, there's still some folks who don't get it. And I wonder, like, what kind of privilege do you have where you're not terrified of being murdered by people? For some of us, it's, that's a thing. That's a thing that we have grown up with, that our ancestors have grown up with, that we kind of have to work through every day when we enter the world, some folks more than others. Um, if you've never had to experience it, maybe you should listen to people who have. Just an idea. I don't know if those folks listen to this show, but it's a suggestion. If someone with less privilege than you is telling you what's up, listen! Listen! <sighs> okay. I did have the privilege earlier this week of telling a guy, I didn't tell him that to literally shut up, but I did have to, I tell, told him to stop talking. And I'm usually the person, I don't like telling people what to do. 
I don't like the idea of quote unquote even like the idea of like leadership. I feel is a whole other idea. I like the idea of horizontal leadership. Like we're all leaders. We all have stories. We all have power. We can all do this together. We can do it collaboratively. We don't necessarily need someone telling us what to do. And um, so it's difficult for me to tell someone what they can or cannot do. Yet when someone's saying something really problematic, it's really important to step up. And for those of us like myself, I consider myself to be a shy person. I get that I have a there's a show there that I do and I speak. But in general, I'm someone who I prefer to listen. However, when the people are saying really problematic, annoying things, hurtful things, and if you tell them once to stop it and they don't, you have a right to tell them to stop it. And it felt very satisfying. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings at the same time. I don't want to put myself or other people through grief. So, so that's what happened. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the upcoming rally that's happening. So we need more folks to come through. So save the date. No hate in the Bay. March against white supremacy. This is September 23rd. That's tomorrow. It's from noon. I think it's going till 5 p.m. I'm going to read the invitation. So the invitation. <sighs> Who would have thought? You know, back in the day when we had like evites and all these things where it's like, come to my birthday or come to my bat mitzvah. And then now it's like, come to this march against white supremacy. Maybe we should have had these long ago and we wouldn't be where we're at right now. Anyway, so this is tomorrow from noon to 6 p.m. And it's meeting at 63rd Street and Adeline in Berkeley. So far, um, thousands of people are say they're interested. Hundreds of people said they're going. We need more. That was one thing that, okay, aside from what the stupid fucking media said about the previous rallies, the numbers of people, the thousands of people who showed up are what helped us win. So we need people, we need bodies in the streets if you're able to come in and support us. No Hate in the Bay, March Against White Supremacy, starting at 63rd Street and Adeline in Berkeley, California, begins at noon on Saturday, September 23rd. Join fellow community members to let fascists, the alt-right, and alt-white supremacists know that they are not welcome in the Bay Area. Stay through the march or meet up afterward for a festival of resistance to celebrate uh, uh, celebrating black, POC, Muslim, immigrant, queer, trans, disabled, and interfaith communities. This march was organized so that we can take the streets on our own terms. Counter demonstrations are very important, but we live here. This is our community, and every day is a good day to be united against white supremacy. This march takes place the day before the upcoming far-right racist event set to take place on and off UC Berkeley campus, but it isn't taking place at the same time as any of those events, nor is it a specific response. This is for us to come together on a day of our choosing and show of our choosing and show unity and solidarity in the struggles against all forms of oppression. There's many endorsers. I'll read them. Uh, Affirm SF Bay Area, AFSCME Council 57, Anti-Police Terror Project, AROC, the Arab Resource and Organizing Center, Asians for Black Lives, Bay Area Queer Anti-Fascist Network, Berkeley Federation of Teachers, Local 1078, California Coalition for Women Prisoners, Catalyst Project, Code Pink Women for Peace, East Bay, Community Ready Corps, Critical Resistance Oakland, the Jejenderettes, Ella Baker Center for Human Rights, the Center for Political Education, International Jewish Anti-Zionist Network, Jewish Collective, Jews, Pagans, and Those Who Love Them, Jewish Voice for Peace Bay Area, John Brown Anti-Klan Block, Left of the Dial, Middle East Children's Alliance, National Lawyers Guild, San Francisco Bay Area Chapter, Oakland Brown Berets, Surge Oakland Bay Area, Surge SF, Workers World Party Bay Area. So those are just some of the groups that are endorsing this event. So come through. It's just come through. That's it. 
that's that's my endorsement my own personal endorsement of it come through the more folks the better that's great so in about 10 minutes we'll be speaking with a person who is in st louis for the protests um i was in st i lived in st louis unexpectedly for a couple of months uh, a few years ago and this was actually right around the time occupy was happening so in the fall of 2011 and i met a lot of great people out there so thankfully i have some good connections to folks out there and was able to watch some uh, live stream footage of what was happening and also just to stay alert. Like there's so much happening and I think it's, well, it's important that we understand what's happening locally. It's also crucial and we can also learn from each other when we understand what's happening elsewhere. And especially hearing how the media was portraying this whole event by calling protesters, again, calling calling protesters terrorists, which is what happened here with fucking, I'm gonna breathe out, Nancy Pelosi. And then also the mayor in Berkeley, who, you know, they're like looking to call black bloc, they won't even say black bloc, but they'd say like anti-fascists, which is ideally should be everyone. Ideally, everyone should be a fucking anti-fascist. Hello. But calling us, you know, the folks who stand up against it, somehow we're the ones to be afraid of. Yet they don't look to their their colleagues, other politicians who are A, trying to take away health care or B, trying to fuck us over in various other ways, like, you know, not given you know, resources back to the people or C voting for that big fucking military budget. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we didn't have any money for, you know, schools and healthcare and everything and housing, but no, you can go ahead and, you know, buy another fucking jet. That's great. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we're the ones who I'm not going to say it because I can see this being used against me uh, in a way that I, in uh use, I could see that's the thing. It's like with language, they can also, you can be interviewed and then they can like clip it and use it in a way that you might not agree with. So I'm not going to like even sarcastically say what they're calling us. Although it's just, anyway, it's ridiculous and it's backwards and we live in a world that's backwards. So what are we going to do to take it over? I think the people, people power, that's, that's it. That's what we got to do. Also haven't even gotten into like the natural disasters even though it's human-caused disasters when we talk about climate change, because, hello, humans, we've just fucked everything up. So Puerto Rico is without power. Like, 100% of Puerto Rico is right now without power. <sighs> there have been earthquakes in Mexico. There has been the, the flooding from the hurricanes in the Caribbean. There's just... Uh, c- can't even... And then there's also civil unrest in Spain right now. There's... There's a lot happening. We're not going to get... It's like a two-hour show, and I usually only go about an hour and 50 minutes. So there is a lot happening, and I want to also acknowledge that there is a lot of people in pain right now, and I would blame capitalism for most of it. Greed, the idea that somehow p- people putting themselves over the collective has kind of led us here. Not worrying about the environment, not worrying about other people. That's why we're at where we're at, and that is... Uh, that's, that's where we're at so gross what we can do to change it though that's why we're here because we can complain about it and i do complain a lot i talk about what's wrong however we can also talk about what's right and i think a lot of what's right are the people who are reporting what's happening the poor people telling the truth people who encourage others to do the same and just kind of building the world that we want to live in and there are so many people who do that that's been one testimony to this show is like so many people i've talked to and heard from and learned from on this show every week when i speak with people i am enlightened and I learn so much and I feel so (sighs) much more positive because there are so many people out there doing a lot of great work and to know that we're not alone it's easy to feel alone because they may the the powers that be may have more weapons they may have more money um however we there's more of us than there are of them and 
the more we can remember that, I think the better off we'll be. Cool. So I'm going to take a music break, and then we'll be talking with some folks in a little bit. This is a song that uh, Larry Bob suggested from a band called Seven Seconds. It's called Walk Together, Rock Together, and Strength. So we'll be playing this, and then we'll be back in a little bit.
And welcome back to the Weekly Review. That was Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young with Chicago. We can change the world. And also, I appreciate just telling the politicians that they're not welcome. They're not really, they're not really helping the situation at all. And they're still, that's still very true. So we're going to have a call in in a little bit. And until then, we're going to play some more music. So please do stay tuned. Welcome back to the Weekly Review. I'm joined here by a caller from uh, St. Louis. Thank you so much for calling in. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, so we, uh, so uh, this is a current events and uh, news program, and we really appreciate having folks uh, call in and speak about their perspective, especially the perspective that the mainstream media seems to not really uh, care about or, or, um, or focus on. So thank you very much for calling in. Yeah, uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, so my name is um, Chris Hendricks, or K-Bouted on Facebook, K-A-Y-B-O-U-T-I-T. Um, I'm a Ferguson Frontline activist. I'm a mother of three. I have the pleasure of being able to serve on the University City School Board, where my peers elected me to be the secretary. I'm a member of the YARN Mission, which is a radical knitting group for um, black women and women of color awesome. um, for self-determination. And I also serve as the co-chair or co-director of the Truth Telling Project, which is an, um, a national um, project um, about um, truth and reconciliation. Um, so I'm glad to be here and talk to you guys about what's going on here in St. Louis. Awesome. Thank you so much. Sounds like you're involved with a lot of great projects. Yes. Yeah. So I'm um, just watching. Uh, so um, I guess, let's see, the best place to start. Whew, the police 
uh, not huge fans of the police at all here. Um, they have yet, you know, continued to murder people and not be held accountable for it. And folks have been responding to that. And uh, is there anything in particular in, in St. Louis that's been happening? Um, sorry, I'm trying to get my thoughts together. Um, no, you're fine. Yeah, uh, just. Well, I mean, I think the. I mean, I think everybody um, first really kind of started paying attention to St. Louis and St. Louis politics. Um, in 2014 after the murder of Mike Brown. Mm -hmm. And I think the city responded to the injustice um, in the way that um, so many other civil rights movements have responded, um, that people took the streets. Um, sometimes um, it, you know, became destructive. Um, but people really just, you know, as Martin Luther King said, um, that riot is the voice of the unheard. And so St. Louis had been unheard for so long. I mean, there's been a lot of racial discrimination in policing practices and in the justice system. And so Ferguson happened. And I think a lot of people really thought that after Ferguson happened, it got quiet here in St. Louis, but it really didn't. Mm. Um, in the months for, um, after Ferguson, almost every month there was a different person who was um, murdered by the state. Um, so then, you know, fast forward to, you know, last weekend, we had been, you know, here waiting um, to hear what the verdict would be from the Stockley trial, although many of us in the activist community pretty much knew what, what it was going to be anyway. Yeah. Um, but we wanted the state to have an opportunity to prove that it wasn't racist um, and that it wouldn't, um, you know, play respectability politics as far as policing jobs supposed to be concerned. Um, the judge said that it's, you know, it's common that a urban um, heroin um you know, dealer would have a gun. So that to me just showed his racial bias yeah. um, about the person that was being shot. Um, so the verdict came down. Of course, he was found not guilty. And of course, the city um, uh, erupted in um, protest. And so the protest happened all over the city, um, planned by the organizers. Um, and for the most part, the, the planned um, protest um, went off. You know, most people would want them to go very peacefully. However, you know, after dark, um, you can invite a thousand people to a party, but um, you, you can't always be responsible for whatever guest does. So yeah. afterwards, um, there were some, you know, the first night um, they broke windows in the Central West End and at the mayor of St. Louis's house. Mm. Um, the second night, I believe it was in the Loop. Um, and then the third night, Sunday, they were on Washington Street, which is a party district in the city. Um, where maybe some windows were broken, but I think the bigger story was the, uh, the how the police acted towards not just protesters, but also just people on the street who just happened to be caught up in the kettle. Yes. Um, there were lots of people that were out walking their dogs, there were party goers, there were activists, there were um, journalists, both um, mainstream media as well as grassroots journalists who were all swept up in the kettle. They were maced um, while they were handcuffed. Um, they were brutalized. They were harassed. Um, the, the police chanted who streets um, in front of the people that they had arrested. The Ugh. police, the acting police chief, he's not even the real police chief yet. Ugh. He went on um, the media and basically, you know, even if he condemned what his officer said, he said that the police own the streets, which to me shows that he's more in lockstep with them than he's not. Yeah. So those are the things that we're dealing with now. I myself um, was protesting on Saturday mm -hmm. um, after it wrapped up. Um, I was basically arrested because I was hanging out as a medic trying to make sure that um, people were safe. Yeah. And I was too far into the street, and the police officer decided that I needed to be arrested that night. Ugh. So I was also, like, detained for no reason um, as part of the people that they were just sweeping up. Ugh. <sighs> that, so, ugh. yeah, I basically spent three hours um, in jail for not walking to the 
Skywalk Aftermath. <sighs> I I don't really have any words. Just lots of anger. Yeah, and so just also just to give a little more context, um, in the preceding years after Ferguson, I also like um, had been arrested um, on Washington Street, the party district, um, where I was um, caved three times in less than a minute by St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department. And so I actually have a current lawsuit with the city for excessive force and mm-hmm. assault. Um, so I'm, I think I'm pretty well known by a lot of officers. I don't think that my arrest was um, random. Yeah. I think if anything, it was um, they picked me up because I'm a known activist and they wanted me off the street. Mm-hmm. They wanted to punish me for, um, for being outspoken. Ugh. Ugh. That's just so, yeah. Thank you for for sharing this. That sounds like no problem. it's. And I think the biggest ugh. thing that activists here in St. Louis kind of want like the rest of the world to take away from. Again, going back to like some of the destruction that happened. Destruction isn't violence. It's mm-hmm. destruction. Yeah. Um, and destruction of buildings and property should never be placed over the lives of people. Absolutely. And while we can have you know sympathy for the business owners who lost a window, um, what we do know is that uh, we can't get back a life. We can right. always replace the window. We can't get back a life. Yes. And so. It's if breaking the window draws the attention that we need to change the abusive practices of our police and our judicial system, yes. I think that it's always going to be worth it. So we always want to say here in St. Louis, people over property. It's more important that we take care of our people um, than we worry about um, broken windows, because broken windows is what gets pressed, unfortunately, not the actual um, extrajudicial murders of people in the street or the abuse of power that um, people in power have been doing for years. This isn't anything new. It's just... Um, it's the digital age. The revolution won't be televised. It'll be live streamed. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we've, we've seen that here in the Bay Area as well with, with protests. And then the news seems to focus on like either skirmishes or property damage as opposed to the actual violence caused by the state. Exactly. The reason that people are actually out there. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So as far as uh, legal fees go, are there specific organizations or places that folks can can donate um, or help support for folks who have been arrested? Um, yeah. Um, so our city defenders is one of the organizations that is doing amazing work here in St. Louis. Um, they represented me in, um, and they're representing me in my case, both the, um, the civil and the, and the criminal, which um, in my criminal case, I was dismissed of all charges. Um, they actually help a lot of activists and they do a lot of work around homelessness, around poverty. So um, look up our city defenders. They're a great organization. Um, the ACLU is doing a lot of work down here and fighting for the rights of protesters. Um, and then there's also other um, grassroots organizations, such as the Eagle Village, which works on um, homelessness, the Truth Telling Project, again, which is about reconciliation. Um, we're actually uh, working on reparations and uh, what that's going to look like, as well as restorative justice, how that looks in both the activist community when things go awry, mm-hmm. but also the greater community so that we don't have to get um, the state involved in our personal affairs. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So. Yeah, pardon me, I'm just taking some deep breath. It's just a lot of it is just so, it seems like it's nonstop and it's been in place for so long, like the, the systemic violence 
that yeah definitely and i um i know so ferguson 365 is a movie by christopher phillips and mavic entertainment that's coming out soon mm-hmm. and it really encapsulates um some of the history of st louis so you know st louis is home of like the dred scott case we were like the only state that didn't secede from the union but also didn't give up its slaves so i think mm-hmm. there's a lot of racial um, animus and history um it's deeply segregated um the judicial system um acts as um as another component of that. Yes. Um, there's the debtor's prison, the workhouse, which if you look up like the workhouse protest here in St. Louis, where it was uh, over 100 degrees, um, and activists went out to ensure that those people were given um, air conditioning. Um, uh, so, I mean, there's just so much going on here in St. Louis. Um, there's so much tension um, that we really want. I think it's a great um, microcosm of what's going on in the world and mm-hmm. what the, the severe issues are as it relates to race, poverty, homelessness, um, the police abuse of power, everything. St. Louis is a great microcosm. I believe that's why, like, it um, exploded here yes. because it is so tense. Yes. Whew. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this information. Lots to there's like lots to learn, and of course, you know, we get. I mean, I don't really trust the the media anyway, but then I feel like so much of it we have to hear from the individuals who are there, and just through word of mouth is how we actually hear what's what's really happening. Definitely. So we have real STL. Um, they used to be real STL news. Now they're going under real STL media because somebody kind of jacked them, some trolled it. Oh. Um, but there's a grassroots media organization that's here on the ground. Um, and then uh, live streamers like Dirk Brown are great people to, to watch um, here in St. Louis. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Is there any other um, information you'd like to share? Um, sure. Just um, you can find me on um, Twitter at Prissy Prissy Three P R I S S I K R I S S I Three, um, and then K A Y B O U T I T on Snapchat, Instagram, and Facebook. Great. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time to call in and to share this, and then also recognizing and hearing um, what you've been through. Um, I really appreciate that that you've that you're able to speak on that. that the world is watching and listening yeah it's yeah more more people need to for sure right all right well thank you oh thank you so much all right have a great day right. you too Bye-bye. bye bye uh thank you so much uh for calling in i feel sometimes uh, at a loss for words um just hearing about <sighs> firsthand experience of what folks are going through and I recognize radio sometimes it's uh, it's a really it's a hard medium for that because I find I just don't have the words I'm filled with so much like anger and rage uh, at at all the injustice and all the pain that uh, is happening So that's that's where I'm at. Um, yeah. So we're gonna take another bit of a a break here, just uh, recognizing and uh, paying witness to you know what what happens in the world. And uh, we'll be back in a little bit. We'll be playing some more music, um, hopefully some uplifting music. And uh, then we'll be back, and perhaps I will find my words. And, uh, uh, yeah.
So you're listening to Mutiny Radio. I'm going to pull up some songs here. Uh, yeah, it's feeling, yeah, (laughs) at a loss for words for sure.
and welcome back to the weekly review. That was Solomon Burke with None of Us Are Free. Ugh. I, I still don't have the words. Playing some music in the meantime. I will be hearing from one more person who's out in St. Louis uh, talking about their experience um, in the protests. And when I hear this information, there's that part of me. I, I'm not necessarily surprised by it because I've heard of so much fucking rampant abuse and then it's still like a whole other level like just still it's like an ongoing just the ongoing oppression and aggression from the state and then thinking about how does one fight back against that I don't I don't have the, the words for it I just have a I have a lot of compassion in me and I also have a lot of anger I have compassion for the folks who have been hurt and continue to be hurt and I have a lot of anger for the folks who continue to behave this way and get away with it and I have a lot of anger for the folks who don't think it's a big deal if it doesn't affect them I have a lot of anger for them too because if everyone were to wake up to a certain degree and to at least acknowledge it or to speak up about it we wouldn't be here because again there's more of us than there are of them Yet if folks are not speaking up, then it, it's really hard for, for those who are. So I'm sending a lot of love and energy and healing to folks who, ah, ah. I, I don't understand how anyone could not be enraged by this. I don't understand how can you, you know, hear this information time and time again of people being targeted by the state, of being hurt by the state, and still to pretend it's not a problem or to pretend that it's not an issue? I, I will never understand that. There seems to be a lack of empathy. I'm ah, just full of, full of a lot of rage. A lot of rage. A lot of rage. So I'll go over a few more stories um, before the next call comes in. And uh, not so much, well, I guess they're stories. What are stories? I don't know. I Again, I'm, I'm out of words. I don't have words. I have more feelings than words right now. I think also for a lot of us just wanting, just wanting to heal people and just to heal the situation and to change the situation that we're in. And I feel like it's very easy to feel powerless, recognizing how long this has been going on. Ah. So in the meantime, there are folks doing a lot of good work, and they're the folks that we talk to. And that's very encouraging. So there's a workshop that's happening uh, coming up on September 26th, and that happens to be a Tuesday. And that's happening from 6.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Tenderloin Museum in San Francisco. And this is the Compton's Cafeteria Riot a workshop and this looks really cool like a really great event description scheduled to debut in early 2018 the compton's cafeteria riot is an interactive play based on the compton's cafeteria riot inspired by the tenderloin museum's exhibits on the subject it was conceived of the of by playwright mark nassar and tenderloin museum director katie conry written in collaboration with long-term tenderloin drag queens and tlm collaborators donna persona and colette legrand 
Tenderloin Museum has been a key partner in the development of the play, connecting Nassar with Tenderloin LGBT history experts Susan Stryker and Victor Silverman, as well as legendary neighborhood drag queens for academic and firsthand accounts of the scene at the cafeteria. The Compton's Cafeteria Riot will be performed at an unconventional venue reminiscent of Compton's Cafeteria itself. Nassar has completed the script and early readings and feedback sessions at the museum have been packed with interested audiences. The third and final workshop of the Compton's Cafeteria Riot will be held on September 26th at 7 p.m. We very much value transparency and community input and invite you to be a part of the process of this play before its 2018 premiere. This event is part of our Compton's film series, Queens to the Front, a four-hour event series culminating in a final workshop of Compton's Cafeteria Riot, an interactive play directly inspired by the 1966 riot produced by the Tenderloin Museum. In the summer of 1966, a drag queen patron of the Tenderloin's Compton's Cafeteria threw her cup of hot coffee in the face of a police officer. And with that, we have a phone call. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, and we'll take a call, and we'll be back in a second. Hello, welcome to the Weekly Review. Hi, this is Corey Bush. Hi, Corey. Thank you so much for calling in. Mm-hmm. My pleasure. Thanks. Um, so we were talking earlier... Uh, about what's been happening in St. Louis, what's been going on there for a very long time. And so we just welcome any, you know, firsthand accounts and experience and anything you, you wish to share uh, with us. Um, well, I think um, it's sad to say that it seems as if we, um, and I'm speaking about the protesters, the activists, on the ground that we are getting better at protesting Mm -hmm. Um, and we're getting better at organizing and I said to someone the other day I said we should never become masters of this Mm. you know hopefully our work is able to turn this thing around you know even by bits and pieces to where we never master how to um, organize protests Mm -hmm. Um, especially uh, as it relates to black lives. Uh, We are uh, just from the day the verdict um, was given um, a week ago today, actually. um, I just remember thinking that any moment, I knew we knew the verdict was going to come that day. But I just remember thinking that any moment this verdict is going to drop and chaos will take over this city. Um, it can already be a pretty pretty uh, heavy place to live. And people were already on edge and the racial tension in the city, um, just like you know, in many other places across the country um, since 45 took office, how things tightened. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the same way here, and then with this Stockley case, you know, it just breaks my heart. Um, we have been out protesting um, every day, uh, protest during the day, protest at night, protest in the evening, protest in the morning. Yeah. Um, we've made sure that we stayed in the faces of people who may not uh, necessarily care 
or people who don't have to be engaged or, um, you know, don't have to be around this all the time. Yes. Um, it's been, it's been different than Ferguson. Uh, it's, it's a lot different than Ferguson to me. Uh, the police response is different. You know, they're starting off, um, uh, you can tell that Trump is in office. Mm-hmm. Um, they're starting off different. They're starting off in riot gear, you know. Um, it, some days they would, uh, Dora Ferguson, the police would, they wouldn't start off in riot gear, until, especially after the media really grabbed a hold of it. They wouldn't start off in riot gear. Um, they would ramp up to it. Now they actually come out in riot gear mm-hmm. uh, from the beginning, no mm-hmm. matter what's going on, no matter how no matter what, <laughs> yeah, uh, and that causes tension. You know, it's a it can be a pretty crazy sight when you have two hundred police officers and helmets and all of this militarized uh, crap. Yeah, um, and they're standing in front of you, beating their batons in their hands and yelling. You know, they look like RoboCop. Yeah, you know, in your neighborhood. You know, and that's something that I want people to understand. This is not. You know, it's. It's your home. It's your neighborhood. It's where you shop, where you eat, where you live, you know, and, and you're being treated like a a terrorist. Uh, the, I'm, so I'm used to the tear gas and used to the tear gas and used to the rubber bullet, bullets, all of that. Um, mm-hmm. So that has not really bothered me much. I mean, it's, it's horrible, but I, I'm, I'm so used to it. I think for me the thing is, they um uh the other night uh, i think it was sunday night we had an amazing action at mm-hmm. the headquarters of the st louis uh metropolitan police department mm-hmm. and afterwards uh the police just they just went absolutely nuts and they started arresting people all around downtown st louis they were they arrested tourists that were just out walking and seeing the town they arrested um, neighbors, people that live downtown, mm-hmm. that were just walking, out walking dogs or whatever it was. They arrested the unhoused population. Ugh. That's where they live, yeah. and that is what really got me. Yeah, they, you're going around just grabbing people because you want to show that you're strong. This is the night that they were chanting what we chant: "Who right. streets are streets." The police were out hanging off of the back of. Um, M wraps and hanging off the back of trucks, yelling "Whose streets are streets," and just picking, rounding people up like cattle. And they picked <sighs> up home. They picked up homeless people. Mm. You know where were they? In, if you're saying disperse, mm-hmm. you know where are they supposed to disperse to? Yep. Where are they going? They live there. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds yeah very familiar to here in the Bay Area in San Francisco. Homelessness is criminalized. I'm sure it's like that in many places, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's the cops do that. They they have sweeps where they just go around and arrest or ticket homeless folks. Yes, and it, it was crazy. I mean, you're you know you, you you tear gas homeless people. You it's just it's unbelievable. Uh, so, and then even you know there is a case just from a few days ago, well, maybe almost a month ago now, where um, there was a a white man who led the police on a high-speed chase, mm-hmm. and he shot at the police 
and when he needed to make sure he was manning the wheel, as, at least of what the reports say, um, the person that was in the car with him continued to shoot at the police. And there are pictures of the of the police of the windshield of the police car with all of these bullets in it, mm-hmm. um, just from a month ago. And the the two people were apprehended safely, of course, without any problems. <sighs> you know, and Anthony Lamar Smith, the person that we are seeking justice for, never even had a gun, mm-hmm. never touched a gun, has no no fingerprints, only the fingerprints of the officer on the gun. That makes it so. It's crazy. It's like, why did he lose his life? When you you see that it can it can this thing can happen differently. Even so, the 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 other people shot the police officers. Yeah. You know, I just don't. Get, no one can tell me that we are wrong for standing up against this. No one can tell me that. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's so obscene, and just seeing how yeah how the police treat people. It's. Yeah, I I yeah. run out of words because I get so full of rage. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if you saw we um, or if you heard we had a, um, a protest last night where um, our white allies they you know wanted to um, do something to show um, other white people because that's one thing that we do um, that since Ferguson that has really taken off mm-hmm. is our. Um, uh, different groups saying hey we want to talk to other white people about racism yes you know so let us do this you yeah know? and so this was their white folk work event you yes know? yes and and it was beautiful it was absolutely beautiful um but the one thing that i can say that was different is the day before we had an action even though this was our action as well um but this one was um uh being led by the white allies or the action we had the day before immediately the police came out in full riot gear yeah um immediately they were yelling at us and screaming and treating us like we are like just rags on the street yesterday when it was the white ally event the police came out in their shorts and shorts and polo shirts (laughs) on bikes the front line Uh. were biker cops uh yeah, uh. yeah. The riot gear cops were behind, around the corner, down the street. You know, they kept peeking to see what was going on, but mm-hmm. the front line was biker cops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even hide it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh. No. Uh. 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 Yeah. Yeah. We just want to be free. I'm. I don't. We're not asking for anything that shouldn't be ours. It's right. a shame that we have to act for it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm in, and it, it bothers me that people think that you know, like, you know, people have a, a real issue with this. Yeah. Like I, I promise, I wouldn't say anything. I wouldn't be out in the street. I wouldn't do any of this. Yeah. If it was not a problem. Like, yeah. I exactly. Have so many other things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and man, you know, I. Uh, it's not fun. You know, people think it's fun. It's not uh, fun. Yeah. You know, being heavily surveyed, surveilled the way we are. You know, I have, I had two snipers on the roof across from my job just to, yesterday uh, I was heading out. No, they were, and they waved at me. You uh, know, they, waved, they pointed me out and waved at me. Uh, you know, it's just, 
That's terrorism. What'd you say? Oh, that's terrorism. Like, they're, they are oh, yeah. terrorizing people. Oh, yeah. They just want to make sure oh. that, you know, they want to sit me down, but it won't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they got, they have the wrong one. I'm too tough for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been through too much. They've done, in three years, they've done so many things to me um, since all of our since all of the protesting we did in Ferguson, mm-hmm. you know, that, that they don't scare me, yeah. you know, so um, they can wave their guns and they, look, they've shot at me. I've had bullets, you know, I had to get rid of the vehicle because they shot up the car, shot up my car. My, my daughter, by the grace of God, oh. is still alive oh. some kind of way. The bullet, the bullet went through, a bullet went through the back of the car, Jesus. through the trunk, through the back seat, and then and then it didn't make it through the front seat where she was sitting um, one day. I mean, we've been through a lot, you know, so <laughs> they can't scare me. <laughs> I, uh, I get, yeah, none uh, of the acronyms. They don't bother me. Yeah. So. Uh, I, uh, I'm sending you so much love and just, I, I, ah, ah, it's so... I mean, I guess one thing is like how you know. I think it's like definitely up to white people to get other white folks to to wake up and to speak up about this. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, oh, and just to understand how sy- systemic like the violence is and how it's been in place for so long. Yeah. So uh, long. Uh, and, and people don't realize how they benefit from that. Yeah. Um, on an everyday basis, and then so when you start to touch it. When you start to break it apart a little bit, people get uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, but um, but it has to be broken apart because we can't keep dying. Yeah. You know, we can't. And, and someone said to me, well, I've heard it several times. Well, you're complaining about the police killing black people, but what about black people killing black people? Uh, you know, and it drives me nuts. I'm like, when, well, no, uh, they don't say black people killing black people. They say black on black violence. Yeah. And I'm like, first of all, there's no such thing as black on black violence. Let's get that. It's only gun violence. And the second thing is, um, you know, I don't, uh, black, uh, when you're talking about gun violence, somebody pays for that. Like somebody goes to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody out because we all know who's, who takes up the prison, yep. the prison population. Yep. You know, so, so we, we either um, end up in jail. Or we take an even worse consequence, and we and, and you know oftentimes you know people are murdered, you know. So there is the, so something happens outside of that. Our problem is is we have people who we pay, <laughs> yep, with our tax dollars, yeah, to take care of us, to protect and serve mm-hmm. us, who do not protect and serve us. They yep. control and purge us. Yep, and we and we actually are supposed to shut up about it you know people are these these this group of this this some of them are like a gang yeah oh yeah know? um and and I, don't, and I don't mean all of them because i don't hate police people think that we hate we don't hate police i have uh, i have people that are police officers that i love you know but i don't i i do hate police brutality so i'm talking about those um and um so if, if they're supposed to serve and protect me um, and they're not doing their job. Look, I'm a nurse. If you can't, if I'm, I'm a nurse, if you can't do your job as a nurse, if you don't, if you can't give a per- that person their insulin properly without killing them, then I don't need you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you can't take care of this person without hurting them, then you cannot work with me. You cannot be on my staff. Yeah. So because I care about taking care of the people, which is what I'm supposed to do. 
So in the same way, if we have police officers that can't take care of the people, then you need to go. Or if this particular population causes a physical response um, within your body, because when you see this person that's of this color, something happens on the inside of you Mm -hmm. in a negative way, that's not the population you should serve. Yep. So you need to go work in an area where the, where that population is not uh, where that's not the um, the main population, mm-hmm. um, or you need to go somewhere where that's not where they're not even the population. Yes. Um, or not be a police officer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and also need to. I mean, I feel like as people, we need to like work to demilitarize the police and defund the police because they're getting. I mean, just the fact that they have all these weapons is just so yes. obscene. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yes. Yes, they have weapons. I remember um, when we we protested um, back in August of 2015 about another murder, and this particular murder, um, uh, the police response was just the police response was way over the edge, mm-hmm. and it was so bad to where the police was. We were in a residential neighborhood, and the police in St. Louis City, and the police was. Um, flying down the street in MRAPs, but they were going so fast that they were on like three wheels. Like, I mean, even though it it's not regular wheels, but it was it was like tilted to the side because they were going so fast, turn, turn, and turn, and they were like they kept hitting us with the tear gas. Well, it was the chemicals were so horrible that the next day when we went back out to that neighborhood to check on the people we always do this we go back to check on the families because it's kids it's you know elderly it's so we went back to check on the people to check on the family that that suffered the loss and and someone was standing outside with a water hose and they were you know trying to get the residue off the ground Mm. Picking up, pick, picking up tear gas canisters and getting the residue off the ground. The kids still had to go back and forth to school through this. So we were, so people were cleaning up. What we didn't realize was this was a different chemical agent, unlike the other tear gas that we had experienced before the many nights in Ferguson. Mm-hmm. This one, if you touch, if water touches, it reactivates, and it reactivates even stronger than it was the day when it actually, when it actually was, um, um, was a. Uh, uh, released and none of us had on protective gear yet because we were just trying to straighten up and talk to people and so so many of us were sick people fell out i mean it was horrible the the weapons that they are using against us we've heard people from other countries tell us that this is the and even people that have been in work for the united states but in other for other, I mean, in other countries have said this is the stuff that they've used when they were actually dealing with terrorists, like terrorists <sighs> that kill people. Mm-hmm. <sighs> they <sighs> use it on their own city. Yep. Yeah, out here there's been a lot of protests against Urban Shield, which is like this kind of worldwide military expo yeah. where they they train a lot of uh, police forces from around the world come in yeah. to gain, you know, all these weapons that, I mean, I don't think they should exist for anyone ever. Um, and then when you have, you know, the police using it against their, their, own, their own citizens here in the country, right. it's just, it's so disgusting right. and reprehensible. And it's crazy because we've never killed anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, have, we haven't even, like, beat anybody up. We haven't, no, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the most violence that there has ever been was some uh, uh, rocks being thrown or... Uh, water bottles being thrown. Mm-hmm. 
even the situation where they said bullets went this way and all of that, that's not true. We mm-hmm. can say it because we were there. Um, but so why are we being treated as if we could some type of mask? Yeah. I mean, it's just the, the criminalization of people. That's, I mean, that's what happens, I think, when incarceration is a business here. Yeah. Ugh. 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 It's infuriating. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But we keep fighting. Hell yeah. (laughs) There's no choice. (laughs) There's no choice but to fight. I'm sorry, what did you say? Oh, there's, there's no choice but to fight. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, we'll continue to fight. Yes. Is there uh, any other information or uh, that you'd like to share before we go? Um, uh, no, I guess that's about it. Um, well, okay, one thing. Um, I'm currently a candidate for United States Congress. Oh, cool. And I'm running for Congress because I want to make sure that the voices of the people actually reach D.C. Hell yeah. Um, and, that, and stuff like this is actually brought to the forefront mm-hmm. uh, and because i'm not i don't come from money i'm not a i'm not I'm, I'm just not from that scene uh but that's part of the i think that's a big part of the problem that we have in our congress right now we need people that are just regular everyday folks mm-hmm. and so i'm taking that voice and that experience to capitol hill right on excellent well, um, perhaps we can have you on the show in the future if you'd like to call in and, and let us know, give us updates. Sure. Thank you. That would be great. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for calling in and sharing your experience with us. Yeah, no problem. Have a good one. Cool. Thanks. You too. Okay. Bye. All right. Thank you so much to Corey for calling in. Um, we are going to take a brief musical break and then we'll be back with uh, Praveen in a little bit and we're going to be talking about doxing so I feel like a lot of this show maybe another theme of the show is how to defend oneself um, not only against state violence but against folks who still want to try to find folks try to threaten people for um, speaking up and speaking their truth and so one thing that's been happening is uh, folks have been doxed and we were talking earlier about people in in Berkeley that's happened to teachers and students. So uh, <laughs> we are going to come back in a little bit and talk about that. So please do stay tuned. I am going to get some music lined up momentarily um, before we do that. Thanks again for everyone for suggesting some tunes that we can play. And we'll be back in <laughs> in a bit.
Can you tell me how to be a better man and still get a point across? I've been searching for the perfect way amongst lovers' perspectives with different objectives on how to be. When you speak to a crowd personally, the way I see it, if I was God in the flesh, I would still be holding for. If I did nothing but praise you, I would still be holding for. If I was taking on your idol, I would still be holding for. If the word for never existed, there would still be something wrong. Look, I'm not perfect, but I'm perfectly flawed. And if you can't deal with it, then I won't talk to y'all. I was never raised with a silver spoon in my mouth, so if I acquired the money, I would hand it back out. I never learned to smoke, so I won't tell you how. But I would teach you how to cook like I taught my grandmother. She thanks me on a high regard, being that I care. I believe we know the same things which make me want to share. I dare to be your better body, boosting my best promise. I can safely say I've gotten to the point of being honest. Honest in the respect of revealing me to you. Honest in the respect of being me true. Honest in the respect of relating another out. Honestly, I respect you and what you're all about. You may not like a message, but it's the reason I'm alive. And it's hard to make music if you don't understand the vibe. There's a lot more than the sound than having to play. Don't take offense. My job is making sure that it stays. The people can leave, but it don't dictate the scene. It just tells you how many people believe in a dream. Then I'll take the credit for the rest of the debit made on my account because I owe you an apology. No doubt. I'm sorry for the unconditional love zone perspective. I'm sorry for not saving a day. I used to be more effective. When the problem of people becomes reciprocated energy, not giving help, but then it's a synthetic process to regress. Trace step back so fast so that you hurry and learning to reconnect. No upset, it causes delay. We ain't got time for losing our place. Get it right. Decide who you are to save the day. But searching, backpacking through Europe, thirsty, worthless. There's no thing words can be sweet. Bring to the table what you wish to eat. Share ideas so that no map can plot our whereabouts. Am I yelling? I dare a doubt the surface concerning my commitment here. Just because my voice raises does not mean I'm geared towards you and all fictions uncharted. If you can't communicate, then we're back to where we started. Can you tell me how to be a better person searching for that mysterious of the people have when they become a listener that doesn't practice what they result in? That's all your message with the quickness of a season without giving themselves a reason. Can you tell me how to be a better person searching for that mysterious of the people have when they become a listener that doesn't practice what they result in? That's all your message with the From person to person, we suffer from action, yet we're confined to problematic thinking. Our freedom is an equation solved through a series of tests that involve opinion-based organizations whose role is to create that. Yo, I got a problem with that. So anger becomes the answer to freedom's equation. Thus, more organizations create more facts until freedom is reduced to fantasy to smile at. From a distance, in turn, anger becomes a new age experience and is passed around for everyone to endure. This means it for when you build your instinct of aggression towards freedom, when freedom is taken away. Freak is what you feel. The fact remains anger equals freedom. Other examples of rated affirmation like vengeance is not the same as revenge. Justice is justified by self-defense. The executor of an execution is not a murderer. So, back to the musical point at hand. Your relationship with me seems to have driven you to anger. When you see me love you, patch a limit to love yourself. Danger occurs. Therefore, you blame me for feeling your power to merge. One amongst the messes we create together. I'm sorry again if you can't relate. I'm sorry if I'm telling you too soon to recognize your mistake. Can you tell me how to be a better person searching for that mysterious of the people have when they become a listener that doesn't practice what they agree so they disown your message with the quickness of a season without giving themselves a reason. Can you tell me how to be a better person searching for that mysterious of the people have when they become a listener that doesn't practice what they agree so they disown your message with the quickness of a season without giving themselves a reason.
And welcome back to the weekly review. That was Dropkick Murphys with Boys on the Docks. We are joined. We have another guest here with us, and we're going to talk about doxing. Uh, as mentioned earlier, just like the themes of the show, and it's oftentimes it's like it's a lot of it's self defense in variety of ways, whether it's self defense from the police or self defense from the white nationalists. Uh, some of them are one and the same. Uh, it's finding different ways to anyway. I am I'm at that point in the show where I'm also feel like words are not coming to me so easily. I'm full of a lot of emotion right now. I think it's like it's very appropriate <laughs> to be full of emotion right now. Thanks. This week has been so this month has been so so um I don't know, there's just like we've had to just deal with so much and mm-hmm. yeah, like um like I missed like a, a portion of the St. Louis, uh, you know, the folks here interviewing on the ground, but I mean, that's like, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of folks in St. Louis and in Georgia, you know, like, uh, just for pushing on, like, mm-hmm. you know, for like, you know, I don't know. I feel like I saw like, um, I saw this historical picture from like the sixties or the late sixties or early seventies. And it was like another black kid in Brooklyn killed by the police. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, oh my God, this is like dated like 1971. And there's like, mm-hmm. you know, massive protests, and here we are, like, 40 years later, and absolutely nothing seems to have changed. Yeah. Um, and like I, and I remember like growing up, like, and during the LA uprising, you know, like mm-hmm. so many people came out, and nothing changed. Mm-hmm. And it's like you can deal with the system in like a violent way, or you can deal with it in a non-violent way, but it doesn't seem to make a difference. Like sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, at least that's the way I feel like sometimes. And I'm like, wow, like, what are we doing? <laughs> but <clears throat> even regardless of that, when I, when I see people like getting pushed down in St. Louis and then just, you know, standing right back up, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like I'm like, good, like, you know, like these actions, like, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm really happy that people are, are, are marching and I'm just, I don't know. Like, there's so many beautiful actions this week about the 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 mayor's uh, protests in the mayor's house in St. Louis mm-hmm. and the Nancy Pelosi's uh, action. And yeah, and then in, in Georgia, I didn't mention it on the show yet. There was the non-binary student in Georgia who was murdered by police, and folks took action the next day, and a police car was burned, was set in fire. So folks have been, you know, letting their anger be known, their righteous anger. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we need a we need a massive sea change, mm-hmm. like and like. Uh, I don't know. I just these these police have gotta gotta get off the force. We can't keep arming murderers. Nope. <laughs> and also, just work to create the world we want to live in, which is maybe community looking out for each other and not necessarily having a police force. I feel like that would be also. I mean, if it's so the problems are so systemic that if they could be demilitarized and also recognizing who's you know infiltrated them throughout the but even just the inception anyway on to doxing (laughs) there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are happening that folks can take precaution against um and one is is doxing yeah and uh so doxing like uh so i don't know you're i think you're familiar with it but like listeners may not necessarily know what doxing is right um yeah i mean please feel free to uh, yes, share your, share your knowledge <laughs> with us. Well, doxing is basically where you get 
any information that's out there about a person on the internet or like whatever other channels. And there's a lot of information about everybody because there's like all these commercial data brokers collecting and mining information. And then you give out so much information to Google and Facebook mm -hmm. and it's just like, it's all out there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> people, uh, people can use that information against you. And, mm -hmm. and, um, what's happening, uh, in this country right now, and actually not just this country, but many countries, is that people are, especially these right-wing forces, are banding together and you know making big lists on people. They're, they're, they're creating databases of activists, and a lot of times it's just like folks like you or me, mm -hmm. uh, and um, like this sort of the the level of sort of group um, information collection and harassment has like really stepped up over the past couple of years. Um, now there's a, there's a bounty site called WeSearcher that's out there. And uh, if you go to WeSearcher.com, you'll see that they take uh, pictures of people at protests and then they'll put up bounties, like real US dollars, like $1,500 or $10,000. And they're like, who is this person that was at this protest? We're tracking them down. And, and actually like there was a Berkeley College professor, a Claremont College professor, I'm sorry. Uh -huh. Um, who was, uh, like, you know, these things, like, they're never accurate, you know, like, you don't know what's going on, but oftentimes there's, like, police that are in these, these online mobs, and they're trying to direct people of, like, how to gather evidence on people, and, you know, how to, how to make, you know, um, a case through the doxing, basically, yeah. so... Uh, so yeah, like, you know, they're crowdsourcing information, they take photographs at protests, they put bounties on people, they organize in 4chan and a researcher on 8chan, uh, and um, uh, and yeah, like, and then you know they uh, they can do a lot of harassing things. And uh, over this past week, in um, you know, with these protests in Berkeley, like we've been we've been working on like a lot of cases. Uh, like uh, they're they're really going after uh, just individual activists. Uh, and uh, I can't really, unfortunately, talk about a lot of disclose a lot of the, um, the people that I'm working with. But um, but uh, but if you're planning on going out to uh, to Berkeley this week, or you know, if you plan on going to just any protest, just like really like uh, just take some basic precautions. Mm -hmm. And uh, my work has um, a guide on Medium. It's called uh, Activist Guide to uh, Counterdoxing. So just okay. go ahead and, and Google that. Um, our, my, uh, our our lab is Equality Labs. Okay. Uh, and so we're working with as many movement folks as possible to help them out um, in this situation. <laughs> so what are a few steps that folks can take? Okay, so the first step, like I think the most important step, well, okay, let me step back. So it's it's always better to prepare for doxing before than a letter than after. Like So sure. we've been kind of on the reactive and people have been getting doxing. These situations have gotten really intense. There, there are core movement folks in the Bay Area that have had to go into hiding. Like they've had to actually like get bodyguards or skip town uh, because of, uh, you know, because of the Vash and like their violence. Uh, and then there are folks that are caught between sort of like the right wing elements in the state as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a very precarious situation. But like, uh, but I think like the first thing to do is like, like we actually stay at is, is is to talk about self care because mm -hmm. like uh, you know doxing you can think about like people think about a technical perspective but really like uh, I think like our best bet in security is actually just like care for each other mm -hmm. you know and it kind of ties into like this whole thing about 
seeing a world past violence or seeing a world past police is like how is is that you know like pulling tight um you know making a self-care plan Mm -hmm. you know uh checking in with your body and your emotions uh and uh that's like that's number one basically Mm -hmm. uh and and really like this is like a community issue like you know we can come together as a community to help each other Mm -hmm. um as we do in, in all these cases so this is like I know, also an opportunity to, to like really build power for us. I think mm-hmm. when we can. So, so that's number one. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I should breathe out. I forgot to breathe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, uh, you know, like I really, uh, you know, I really depend on you, Roman, like, on a lot of ways. Like, I think, like, you know, you're uh, just your, uh, just all you have to offer the world, and like, I'm very. Uh, you know, just like as a community member, like I'm really grateful, like, oh. uh, just, you know, like, and I just want to acknowledge how, you know, how much, you know, I'm dependent on your, on your insight and your, you as a person. Oh, um, and, and like, that's a real power in, in community. Right. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so thank you for that. <laughs> just trying yeah. to survive and don't want folks I care about to be hurt. I mean, that's at the, at the, at the root of it, you know, a lot of it's just about, protecting oneself and one's community yeah yeah so i think like the the next nitty-gritty is basically um actually i'm gonna open my notes here Mm -hmm. this is where i got them um so yeah so our self-care plan is is the first thing we 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 try to get people like just to kind of write stuff down Mm -hmm. um and i'm not going to go through like the you know the whole details but i'll just kind of do a high level so um, the next thing that we're kind of encouraging people to do is to like make an incident log and oh, yeah. what that means is like we, we want people to just to like just write stuff down even if like you know it it you don't necessarily all doesn't all correlate but mm-hmm. like write down what you think like might be kind of suspicious or you know like even if it's in your community and I don't know this this will this will help um, this will help you think about it but also you can this will help the community members also once you share this like you know kind of kind of see from a high level like you know uh what sort of threats we're facing and and who's affected by what mm-hmm. um but after that so those are a self-care incident log but okay but then the nitty-gritty here so the first thing we want you to do is just and this is like for anybody listening right now like uh i you got to go out there and uh basically make a list of uh all the accounts that you're using so like gmail your bank Ooh. your facebook uh-huh. your twitter uh-huh. instagram all of this stuff yeah. okay like and and you got to list it out and um you got to basically go in and just change up your passwords like right now basically like okay. if you haven't done it and like uh this is a like it sounds like really kind of simple but actually like there's so many like online breaches mm-hmm you know, like all these big, you know, credit card companies or Equifax or like, um, what else? Like, um, just any, you know, small site, any, anything that like they, they get, they get, you know, hacked on a regular basis. And those passwords like go out like on the internet and they're traded around by hackers. And, uh, and a lot of those hackers are, are fash like they're, mm. and, uh, so if you have a password, uh, that's out there, that's like, you know, you set like five years ago or you use it for every single site, yeah. like, like that's a big point of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And if you're an activist, like, um, once your information gets compromised, like you're compromising a lot of other people's information too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so changing your passwords, like where those sites, like listing them out and changing them like right now and, and making sure every three months that they're rotated is, yeah. is going to make a huge difference. Like, 
Uh, and then uh, we, we're also encouraging everybody to set up what's called two-factor authentication. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and that's basically when, uh, in addition to your password, like you have uh, maybe a text message or maybe there's an authenticator app um, that people that you can use. Uh, so if somebody logs in from a new location, it'll it'll trigger that and, and it'll send you a text or an authentication request saying, hey, is this you? And, uh, and I can just attest like that saved me from so many different hacking attempts already. So those two things like go a long way uh, in just like online self-defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, the other thing that we want to, we want to, we're telling people is, you know, like the other, th- uh, is that uh, impersonation and phishing are also some of the biggest vectors. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, actually, this is just two days ago. I got a call. Uh, I didn't recognize the number. I picked the phone, and somebody was, like, uh, claiming to be from the Treasury Department. And they are like, the Treasury Department is filing a case against you, and you have to call this number. Otherwise, you know, it'll just make matters worse. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just hung up on them. I'm like, fuck off, scammers. But, right. <laughs> like, but uh, you know, a lot of people, like, uh, it can it can get really involved, right? Because especially if they've already hacked you, they can impersonate somebody that you know. You know, they can give you uh, a, a real, like, a real shock. And so, like, one of our, one of the people that we worked with them was actually, uh, was actually a victim of this. And, uh, like, they managed to get her to divulge all sorts of information on the mm. phone. So... So just be aware, you know, like if somebody's calling you pretending to be an authority, that it's that's almost never Always an authority. Always question authority. <laughs> Always question authority. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then the phishing stuff, you know, like uh, I think a lot of people are already aware of, you know, don't change your passwords over email and stuff like that. But also watch out. It can get really, um, it can get really targeted because, uh, you know, a lot of folks that I've been working with might be like they, uh, they might be uh, uh working in the financial department of their organization or, or mm-hmm. somehow in charge of finances and they'll get like an email mm-hmm. seemingly from their, you know, from their director being like, Hey, like, can you, uh, can you just wire over the charges to this vendor? Mm-hmm. And it turns out this, this is just, I mean, it's totally, it's totally fake or it's totally scammy. Right. Like, uh, so if you're, if you're an activist group and you have like, you know, lists and stuff like that, like just be, just be really aware, be really careful. Even if you're getting, you know, messages from somebody like that's an authority, mm-hmm. even an authority that is close to you that you emotionally trust, like your your director, your boss. Like, you know, it's always helpful to like do a double double take and sure. be like, hey, can you just like just call them Verify. up and be, hey, did you really do this? Did you really send this? Yes, yeah. And uh, and that'll that 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 goes a long long way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I made that a be- uh, best practice with my clients right now is like. Uh, you know, whenever somebody asks me for a password or whatever, I always call them up and it's like, Hey, is this really you? Like, <laughs> um, so the other, the other thing that we're, we're trying to recommend to people who are really out there, like that are really in high risk situations is that there's all these data brokers out there. Now, yeah. I don't know, Robin, have you ever like Googled yourself or like, yeah, mm, yes, I have. Yeah, what comes? What did you see? Um, it's been a minute. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, as a, I've also performed. So as an actor, like I've seen, you know, I found like old videos of myself or old blogs that I've had. Uh, it, I haven't, I haven't gold, gold myself in a while though. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, so does that? Do you ever feel like that's like a? Do you like? How do you feel about that? Like being an actor, you know, that's a very public yeah, profession, right? It's like, difficult. It's a you know double-edged sword because on one hand, a lot of us artists need to promote ourselves to be seen and to have to have a career or to be able to support ourselves in some way. 
and then on the flip side, also as a as an activist, or I don't I don't know if I necessarily label my I don't know I'm a pro- <sighs> we're eh. it's complicated because like I don't I'm not ashamed of my views, and at the same time, one you know how does one maintain their own safety and like let yeah so it, it's, it feels complicated to answer your question so I and I don't know a lot of my like spoken word I haven't done I haven't had I haven't had much of it videotaped in a while but then I was this I don't have a, a full answer for that it feels like a, a mixture because I want to have my voice heard and I want it to be known and then at the same time there is that fear of not wanting to be so well known that I have certain people coming after me yeah yeah uh, well, one thing that, uh, you know, when we want to Google ourselves, like, have you ever uh, gone on those, like, people finder sites? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I found myself in some of those, like, with my address and everything. It's yeah. scary. And sometimes, like, it's it's worse than that. It's, like, all your family members yeah. are listed, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that's, that's actually a really big threat, like, once you're on the front lines. is like, yeah. you know, like, people's, like, children or parents, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, so like we, uh, we actually recommend like if you're really on the front line that like, uh, you spend a little bit of money, uh, and, uh, use a service like, uh, we're actually recommending like privacy duck. I know this is kind of spammy, but privacy duck. Yeah. Um, is that related to duck, duck go? Uh, you know, it, it could be, it's not, it's they're They're both kind of security <laughs> privacy services, yeah. but, uh, this one will actually go out and, and just scrub you. Uh, you actually Ooh. get like a year subscription Okay. and it just scrubs you privacy duck. Yeah. You can, you can actually opt out of a lot of these sites, like by federal law, like mm-hmm. they have to provide an opt out, Yeah. but it's tricky because the way they do it is that they make it like really kind of hard. You have to like go and like search for yourself and paste in the URL and confirm an email. Mm-hmm. I've, and also I'd imagine there's a lot of them. And there's like always new ones popping up, and I also have a question about privacy duck. Like I want to uh, assume the best of intentions. However, can we be sure to trust privacy duck? Like you know, if we pay them to scrub, and then what? You know, who's actually working for privacy duck is a question I have. Yeah, we yeah, we we vetted them, which is like why um, okay. you know because we've been working with so many folks. Uh, like we we took the time, and there's a couple of other vendors out there. Some are cheaper, some are more expensive, but mm-hmm. but they're. Uh, these folks are just, they run by a small uh, queer couple and they, uh, you know, they're just really committed to people's okay. privacy, is, which is why they did it. So how much would it cost to, to scrub? Well, this is the, this is the tricky part. Uh, <laughs> it can, uh, <laughs> it can go, their, their, uh, their normal rate is about 1200 but what? we, but, but we've gotten, we've actually cut a deal with them. We've, yeah. we've actually been able to get an activist rate. They actually want to support us. Okay. So uh, we can do it for about 600 a year. Uh, anyway, that's, yeah, that is pretty pricey. Uh, yeah. but, um, but the thing is, is that, um, if you're like a journalist, you know, if you're out sure. there, uh, this can be really necessary because it's like, it, even if you scrub yourself, what happens, uh, what we found is, is that you'll just get right back in or your family members will just get right back in after right. a couple of weeks or a couple of months. Right. Uh, so it really like it's the law is really fucked up and your protections are really fucked up and it's really screwed up that you have to have like this, uh, you know, level of, uh, you know, vigilance to like really keep yourself out. But, um, but you know, like we're, we're a lot of people that we're working with, like we're very visible. Like this is becoming like a necessity in the modern sure. era. Like, Absolutely. yeah. And I do appreciate the idea of the, taking the precaution to like, you know, do it ahead of time as opposed to afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of times it's really just like about your family. It's not even about yourself. Sure. Right? Sure. Like it's yeah. just like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I'm, I'm stepping, I'm sitting, but I'm like trying to get away from the microphone so you don't hear me like scream because I'm so like enraged about so much of what's happening in the world. Ah. <laughs> well, I've got a few more steps here, a couple more sure. steps here if that's cool. So yeah. like... Uh, Step number four, st- scream a little bit. Scream a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next thing that we want folks to do, this is more important if you are getting docs, is, mm-hmm. is uh, just calm down. Like, well, do you have to do whatever you need to do. do yeah. Pee, don't, scream yeah, at, don't, don't come out, don't yeah. get a police you on that, but... <laughs> Uh, but we want people to like list out basically who their bank is, like mm-hmm. write it down, like who's your bank, who's your cell phone provider, mm-hmm. who's your credit cards, who's your utilities. Mm-hmm. And then for each of those, we're going to like look up uh, the customer support number. Okay. okay? And uh, now like um, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to actually call each of those people up and yeah. we're going to, we're going to tell them that, you know, your information has been hacked yeah. our information has been hacked and we need our account on a higher security level. Right. And uh, each of these organizations always has, you know, some protocol in place to help you with that because these identity attacks are so frequent and common Mm -hmm. uh, that they really want to be responsive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like actually, in fact, would you want to do like a sample, like a pretend? Would you like you and me, like improvising yeah, a call yeah, now? Sure. Yeah, I can be like your bank. Oh, it's time for some humor right now because I'm like, okay, boop 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 boop, ring ring. Hello there. Uh, I don't know why I'm holding a phone because I'm on the radio, so you can't actually see what I'm doing. <laughs> but I'm holding it, and I'm wearing headphones. Hi. Uh, uh, hi. Is this is this is a set way? I don't even. Do you have a credit union? Set way. I, 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 I do have a credit well, union, I but I won't so say which one it. on the air because. Uh, uh, once. Okay. Hi, hi there. This is uh, this is San Francisco Credit Union. Hi, San Francisco Credit Union. Um, some fascists are doing some <laughs> terrible things to me. They're making the world a terrible place. But quite to the point, um, I've been doxxed. Wait. What? Okay. What is doxxed? I haven't again? been. They took. They stole my info. They stole all my information. Oh, it's, it's like a ID fraud. Is that what it is? Kind of identification fraud? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, okay, that's, so when did this happen? Yesterday. Yesterday. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm going to transfer you to our security department. Can you hold for about 45 minutes, please? Well, thank you for at least being up front about how long we'll be on hold. <laughs> okay, hold, please. Okay. Do, 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 45 do, do, do. minutes later. <laughs> Hello there. This is San Francisco Credit uh, Credit Department Security Services. Uh, can I ask for your mother's maiden name? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, great. So we see that, uh, uh, so we understand that you're having identity fraud issues, right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put your account on a high alert status. Great. So if anybody tries to do anything weird, like a big bank transfer mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, they try to call up and um, lock your account or something, what we're going to do is we're going to give you a phone call beforehand. Does that okay. sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. Thank okay. You. Thank you so much for calling. Great. All thanks. Right. That was easy. That wasn't that bad. Cool. Yeah. That's really helpful. so uh there's other things you can do um there's just two more things i'll I'll just say that'll help Mm -hmm. um uh well three more things you want to lock down your social media that's a whole other story uh, we can talk about um the other thing that really helps um if you're doing organizing work is to get like maybe like a google voice number or like um, you know one of these burner phone numbers uh, and then like a temporary email. So just, you know, don't make it easy for people, you know, like if you're working with a lot of people that you don't know who they are, just like, uh, you know, just, you can set that Google voice number to go to your real phone number. You can blacklist things, you can whitelist things, but at least you'll have that like level of indirection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, the, the other thing, the most important thing is, um, you know, a lot of folks like 
uh, if you're going out to 4chan, you might, and, and this is a this is a horrible exercise because it's like there's so much hate on those sites. It's like the comment section, but like more. Like, it's like a, it's like a whole page dedicated to like the the worst of the worst of the comments. Yeah, yeah. It's seriously, and 8chan is worse than that. And oh, <laughs> even the link you sent me once, I was like, oh, oh. Uh, but. But, you know, and I hate to send those links, but the problem is, is that, like, they, uh, we're on those boards. It's, like, people like you and I, like, all sorts of folks in our community, like, they, they, uh, that's where they do their, you know, their doxing work. Yeah. And so, like, uh, you know, after the Berkeley demonstrations earlier this month. Yeah. Uh, there was 24 arrestees, so one of the threads like was going through each of the arrestees' names and photos mm-hmm. and trying to do a doxing attempt on those 4chan boards. Yeah. So uh, you know there there are folks out there in our community, thankfully, that are doing the monitoring for us, so we don't have to be traumatized by this horrible yeah <laughs> work. But uh, but you know like if uh, if you have been to like or if you're planning on going to an action or being visible like mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt to just go in and just do some casual searching to see if you or somebody you love is is on one of these hate sites as yeah. much as I hate to say it yeah um, and uh, like uh, and actually like it's it's good to also just be aware because they plan a lot of their actions mm-hmm. like and so you know one thing that I think I sent you earlier was yeah. was they're planning on yeah, you know they're planning on being by BART stations during during the protest week. So mm-hmm. so be careful, like you know when uh, you know um, just be pay attention to who's photographing you. But yeah. uh, but what I wanted to say here is that uh, you you should uh, if you can download and use Tor browser, it's free. Mm-hmm. And what that what this Tor browser does is it will hide your IP address that you're coming from mm-hmm. when you're when you're looking at these sites and that that's good because you don't want them knowing who you are when you're when you're going mm. through this oh, okay so the tor browser gives you this like level of anonymity mm-hmm. basically uh so that way you can just go to like all these sites these hate sites and you know they won't know who you are cool so uh and okay i have another side question yeah. um so who are the people who are like the web browsers that are hosting these sites and how can we be like can you please take down these sites because they're causing a lot of harm 